Hey, this is Brent Jensen. You're listening to No Sleep Till Subray, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. The show is brought to you by Pariah Pickups, quality handcrafted guitar pickups straight out of Detroit Rock City. Check them out at pariahpickups.com. All right, my guest today is TV and radio on-air personality, Mr. Ian O'Malley. Now, I usually see him a couple times a year, but it's been quite a while since I've actually even spoken to O'Malley given these tumultuous times. And so we figured we'd catch up with some of the songs that have been making his skin vibrate lately. And as he always does, he's got some great stories too. Check it out. Welcome back, my brother, Ian O'Malley. Your last time on the show, sir, was all the way back in 2017, episode 36. Was that long ago? Yeah, yeah. episode 36. I, I, I think we were sitting in the exact same room. Um, that I'm, I'm sitting in now. I think, weren't, weren't we in my office when we recorded last time? It was the fireside chat. It was at your place. That it, is wasn't, correct. it wasn't in, it wasn't in Westport though. Was it? Oh, was it the other place? Oh my gosh. It has been a long time. Well, it's been, uh, it has been, it's been long overdue. I've, I've really enjoyed a lot of the podcasts, you know, that I've, I've enjoyed all the ones I've listened to, but you know, it's, it's some more so, you know, always Ricky Emmett and that sort of stuff, you know, people that I really grew up and that were a great mm-hmm. influence of me and that stuff. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. So congratulations, first of all, on all the success. I mean, that's awesome. Thank you. you know, good I for you. That. Thank you. But no, it's, it's it's good to be back. This is really it's a, it's a, you know, I think I've been on the podcast twice. I think this is number three, isn't it? You have this wrong. is this is number three. Yeah. Yes. So it's 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 really good fun. I've been on a number of podcasts, uh, a lot of them based out of the states, but this is this is really by far uh, the one I enjoy the most. With all due respect to the other, so it's it's good to be back, as they say. Thank you, sir. It's good to have you. And I got to get down there again. We'll talk about COVID in a minute, but uh, you and uh, I have not seen each other for, you know, going on more than a year now. So we got to fix that. Yeah. That, that's not like us, you know, and, and gosh, you know, and people can say that in this day and age with COVID, not trying to segue into the COVID thing, but just segue how life has been for almost the past, you know, what, 10 months or so, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, you, you live in Canada and I live here. We always, you know, make time, you know, once, twice a year to get together. But I mean, you got people saying that, that, that live three or four towns over. Or, you know, you know, not that long a ride away. Like, you know, we haven't seen each other in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's what it's done. And for, I think for extroverts uh, by nature, like yourself and myself, you know, it's very difficult. You know, my wife, Debbie, who you know well, is a very friendly person, great fun at parties and that sort of stuff. But by nature, she's an introvert. So an introvert can kind of handle this sort of loneliness, I would say, or isolation a little bit better than extroverts. Where extroverts mm-hmm. really kind of feed off the energy of other people and being in that sort of environment. Yeah. I'm like, all right, the vaccine's here. Let's let, let's get going on this. You know, we've 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 paid the price here. Some people have paid a very very awful price. Mm. Uh, but you know, for the for us folks that are very fortunate to be up and running around, it's you know, it's kind of time to get the party started. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, you know? I'm there. I'm definitely ready to roll. I mean, uh, it's been a long. Well, we're going on a year now, practically. Well, you were and you were just telling me, you know, when we talked briefly here before we started this, that uh, that you guys are in quite a severe lockdown yeah in, in, in canada yeah it's uh it's intense the second wave hit people started to really panic because it was way worse than the first wave and so a province-wide in ontario lockdown was issued and so that means you know stay home basically you can go to the pharmacy you can walk your dog but you know that's a kilometer radius from your house practically it's uh it's serious stuff i mean i i'm fine with that I just want this to go away. You know, I'm, I'm happy to do my bit. And if that means staying at home for a little while, 
or great grandfathers were conscripted into war, right? The least I can do is sit on my couch for a little while. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, think about it. You know, World War Two. I mean, they, you know, they had meat rations, and copper rations, and I mean, all this sort of stuff. And that was for four years. Yeah. So I get it. You know, we all sound like whiny bitches when we're saying, "Come on, you know, <laughs> enough already," and, and in present company included. You know, so I, I get it. And the good thing is that you know you're seeing. You know, we've been in this storm. Yeah. You know, we're in that little sailboat and just trying to get away from the storm. And now there's sunshine on the other side, and we see that the storm's going to break. That's it. Willing. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, you got to sacrifice another four or five months, sacrifice the four or five months. And we made it this far. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make it any easier. And you start to get more and more fed up as time goes on because, you know, you're, you're, you're missing time with loved ones, you know, with, with my in-laws, you know, we see our in-laws frequently. You've, you've met Jason Arena, obviously, you know, Thanksgiving. No. I mean, when everything shut down here, it shut down very, very quickly. That was the weird part about it. I haven't done a New York City based radio show since like March 10th. Oh, really? Oh, wait, everything's been out of my basement. Wow. <laughs> it's just wow. so weird, dude. It's really strange. Yeah. But, you know, you, you manage it like anything. You get used to it. But, yeah, when, when we shut down, the engineering department said, you're broadcasting out of the house. You're not coming back into the station. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wouldn't let you back in the station, any of the air staff, anybody, even if you came in. So everything's been just completely turned upside down. So you're, you're running that. I think what everybody goes through is you're running this this tightrope of, 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 of wanting to be responsible. Uh, and being responsible in the end, but also saying, you know, I'm running out of time to see people. What do I do? You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, there's there's only there's only so much time. It's almost like these bands that go on the road. I was talking about it on the radio show the other day. You know, all these ma- major tours and farewell tours and so on. You know, Elton John is a good mm-hmm. for instance. These guys obviously are not getting any younger. And they're just not going to be touring forever. You know, a lot of them are pushing, you know, mid-70s, 80 years old. When the, the smoke clears and we're allowed to congregate back together again as some sort of in, in a concert atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know, you better go see these guys because there's not probably not going to be another tour. You know, the time is the kind of is, is something that you can't replace. And especially when especially when it comes to age, you know, there's just there's no cheating it. It's funny you, you, you raise that point because I was thinking about that the other day. I really feel for these guys who've got maybe one more kick at the can and there are a good number of them. And they're sitting on their hands right now thinking, you know, the clock's ticking here. Nothing they can do. Uh, you know, a lot of bands, obviously, financially, it's a, it's brutal on them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, more of you, probably more of your mid-tier bands. I mean, you got somebody like the Foo Fighters and so on. I mean, yes, they're losing millions of dollars by not being on the road, but they also made millions of dollars. With your online, you know, Spotify's and Apple Music and all that sort of stuff of the world coming into play, you know, album sales are not what keep these bands alive anymore. You know, I can remember, like, you know, for instance, Guns N' Roses with User Illusion 1 and 2. I mean, they made zillions of dollars off those albums because they sold so many and they counted them all. Mm-hmm. You know, now, you know, you're always reading articles like so-and-so, you know, has got, uh, you know, this huge hit song and it's got a billion views and they got paid $136 or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> which I'm sure was drive these people crazy. So the only way they make their money is, you know, merchandising, sponsorship, and touring. Yeah. So, you know, some of them that just want to leave some extra dough for the grandkids, you know, your who's of the world and, you know, and Elton John and, you know, bands like this, maybe the Stones for one more go around, or even bands that you just see on a real regular basis in the summer that are great live. Steve Miller Band, Doobie Brothers, mm-hmm. you know, Sticks, you know, these bands, Journey, you know, they go out there and, and turn the, you know, this is how they're supporting their families. So like anybody else, it's, uh, it's been tough. I, I, I think it's going to be, you know, it, it's going to be one of the best concert seasons ever. 
this summer and fall, I think. Certainly the latter part of it. Because everybody's going to gonna have to be out on the road. Want to oh, be and yeah. have to be. Yeah. You know, so I think you're going to have a lot to choose from. I really yeah, do. I agree. People are going to come back strong. There's no question. Mm-hmm. I think so. All right. So uh, hit me with a couple songs that make your skin vibrate. Now, there have been some changes down in your fair country. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, the last little while. <laughs> Uh, there are, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing for me because, you know, obviously, you know, your, your, your podcast is Canadian based, but you've got mm-hmm. listeners all over the, all over the world because, you know, it's online, but there's always seems to be like a little bit of a Canadian slant that I like about it because, you know, as you know, or maybe the audience didn't know, I grew up a large portion of my youth in Canada and mm-hmm. namely Prince Edward Island and Nova Scotia. And I still call it home in many ways. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of my big compliments for for canadians as my wife kind of rolls her eyes and laughs I, I was born in the states but as i said i feel very much canadian um i say typical canadian you know and if it's somebody i meet from canada or something some that a canadian did this nice i'm like ah yeah it's just typical canadian you know, it's, it's <laughs> nice people normal you know so it, it's been very odd for for me because even though i've been back in the states here for quite some time and i do get back to canada on a pretty regular basis I still have very much a Canadian mindset. I, I would have to think that, that Canadians and Europeans are, are watching what has happened in the States with a mixture of mild amusement and horror because yeah. it has gotten that divisive. I'm certainly not going to get on any sort of political party train because, I mean, I mean, we all see what that gets you. Mm-hmm. But it, it just, it's just been so unpredictable and so crazy and you know, and that is the last thing you need when you're dealing with a worldwide pandemic that's right you know, and the economy crashing down you know you need consistency i had a very interesting talk with a, a close buddy of mine the other night and he's a, he's a well-known shrink and he always has very interesting kind of explanations of you know what what makes people tick and so on mm-hmm it's all very sensical. It's not, you know, any sort of, you know, heavy duty, you know, weirdo Freudian sort of stuff <laughs> with all due respect, with all due respect to Freudians. But, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, how, how it's affecting adults with this atmosphere, with the, the mixture of this very, very explosive political nature of things and COVID on top of it. And he said, a lot of it goes back to, to, to childhood because a lot of people's issues in general as adults always go back to childhood and it always go back. It always goes back to one thing. And he goes, that's safety. He goes, when you're a kid, safety is everything. And, you know, mom and dad looking after me. Do I feel safe? You know, mm-hmm. do I have food mm-hmm. the table, roof over my head? You know, is there predictable behavior? Yeah. And he goes, that's what's winding people out. He goes, you know, I've got clients that are just climbing the walls. You know, he says, you're seeing much more drug abuse, drink abuse, domestic issues, um, because you have this cauldron of unpredictability um, yeah. that's been happening down here. And, Things are starting to calm down now. You know, everybody's got their political beliefs, but there is certainly a calmness about this country now where people are collectively taking a deep breath going, okay, all right, this is, this is okay. You know, we've got a little bit of peace and quiet here. I think, you know, much more like Canada, I guess. In Canada, we feel the same thing. I mean, I, I remember wanting to exhale a few weeks ago and just thinking, Oh, it felt like uh, we dropped a collective piano off our backs. You know, it was just, it was a tangible feeling even up here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Just, just watching it. You know, look, you're always going to have people that are hardcore righty and then hardcore lefty. And then you'll have your centrists, you know, even Canada has that to an extent. It's just still a much milder version. You know what it is? It's typically Canadian. (laughs) You know, know, "Ah, I'm right, I'm wrong. You know, you're a liberal, 
You know, then it's still like, all right, but well, we can still go have a beer, right? Hey, that's right. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure, that's good then. You know, and then off you go. <laughs> you know, down here, it's pistols at dawn, you know, yeah. and, you know, losing friendships, you know, which I have, you know, people that have gotten so far out there that I just literally have to say, I say, you know what? I can't deal with you in my life, right? I mean, I just, I'm not going to bring on any uh, insanity that mm-hmm. is unnecessary in my life because fate will do it anyway, even in the best of times, let alone all this other shit that we're going through. So, you know, look, you know, if you think base aliens are coming down here and everybody's child molesters and it's all this secret cult at the top, you go and run with that. Don't bring it to my party because I don't get the bandwidth for it. Mm-hmm. So you, you just had a lot of people that have really kind of got off the, uh, gone off the reservation, so to speak. But yeah. now, as I said, things seem to be calming down and there is the vaccine and I just, I'm hoping this will be a really fantastic summer and, you know, and hopefully part of it in your company because it has been quite some time. That is going to happen. I'm fully 100% committed to that. I'm going to get down there. It's just, it's been too long and I, I've got to get down there. You know, we, we can't go anywhere. You know, that's the thing, you know, so the, the songs that I picked had titles that kind of go in this, this day and age, but they don't necessarily, you know, mean, the political or the whatnot. Some of them have entirely different meanings, mm-hmm. you know. And, and one of them was a, a song by Stevie Ray Vaughan um, mm-hmm. called "Life Without You." Life without you, you know. When you think about, it, there's going to be a lot of different changes in life. You know, we first of all we had life without you. You know, we've got a, a new president. Uh, it's going to be life without you. It's going to be when COVID goes away to an extent i think we'll be getting vaccinated for covid for the rest of our lives probably mm-hmm. but you know with it with it you know doing the damage that it's doing you know like covid in that way is going to go away so it'll be life without you there you know it was actually a song that stevie ray vaughn wrote for uh, a guitar repairman of his this guy named charlie Wurz, if i'm not wrong uh who was very very close to stevie so that's what the song is actually about some people thought it was about when they first heard it mm-hmm. but certainly the title of it that it was about him leaving drugs and drink you know, and the, the one and only time that I met him, uh, I emceed a, a concert of his in a town called Lowell in uh, Massachusetts, a place called Lowell Memorial Auditorium. And it was shortly before I came to New York to work radio and shortly before Stevie died in the, in the helicopter crash. And he was just such a pleasant, pleasant guy. You know, he had the zoot suit on and the, and the, and the fedora and the boa. And I'll never forget. I mean, I was a young kid at the time or just a young man anyway. I think I was just just turning 25. I was 24 years old. Hmm. And he said, uh, he said, nice to meet you, sir. That's, you know, they said, Ian, they, they said, Stevie, this is, you know, this is the MC tonight. This is Ian O'Malley from WAAF Boston. And, uh, you know, hey, nice to meet you, Stevie. And I was already a big fan. And uh, I go, so nice to meet you, sir. And the, the thing that, you know, he said he was only, at that time, he was 34 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. people don't realize, Stevie Ray Vaughan was only 35 when he died. That's crazy, I mean, man. He was a kid. He was young, you know. Maybe yeah. I'm saying that now because I'm 56. But <laughs> anyway, the, there's a version of the song that you'll find on YouTube but it also came out on a like a on an extended bonus CD of In Step, and it's a live version. And the song it's 13 minutes, mm-hmm. but you can easily find it on YouTube. There's a number of different versions of Life Without You because it's just a really great song that people love. But once you see the one with the 13 minutes, that's the one. And yeah. the reason why this song is 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 special to me is that you know before they tightened down on formatting and stuff on my radio station, I was allowed to play a certain amount of my own music as long mm-hmm. as it was classic rock. Okay. You know, so instead of playing Cocaine by Clapton, I could play Have You Ever Loved a Woman, you know, or or Bad Love or Pretending or something that I think is that's just awesome. do something a little bit different instead of the song that we've heard ten thousand fucking times. You know, so yeah. that was really fun. And then they tightened everything up. 
So I used to play this version of, of, of this Stevie Ray Vaughan song of Life Without You, this 13-minute version that was found in this bonus CD, and people used to flip out whenever I played it. Because, mm. first of all, it's just a really, really great song. He plays like he's absolutely possessed. Yeah. Uh, they would never generally hear that in the radio, and I would just I would get droves of emails every time I played this. Oh, my God, where's that Stevie Ray Vaughan song? That was the most incredible thing. And one of the most incredible things that he does – is he talks about a sobriety about seven minutes in mm. and the, the, the band kind of brings everything down, you know, to like a, to a drum beat and Stevie's just kind of very lightly noodling on his guitar. And he, and he talks about how, how he used to party to the point of it almost killed him and how important it is to, to stay alive for the, for the ones that need you the most. And mm. it's probably like this minute and a half of him just kind of, you know, being Stevie, you know, they're like Texas drawl and it's very sweet, but what he's saying is incredibly heartfelt. So, um, and I just thought that was always good. And then all of a sudden he kicks back into the song and then he just rips your head off with the the solo that he's playing the song. You really got to hear it. That's Um, awesome. But the the, the reason why I, I, I think of this song in particular is that I get this email from this guy and he goes, uh, you know, let's just call him John Doe. Hi, Ian. Uh, this is John Doe. You played this song from Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, about six months ago, six and a half months ago, uh, called Life Without You. And I was driving on the New Jersey Turnpike and I was I was driving to like Patterson, New Jersey, which is a notorious place to cop dope to get drugs. And he goes, you know, I was deep into a heavy duty addiction to addiction to cocaine and God knows whatever else he was doing. I'd lost my job, you know, I had two kids, I lost my family. And I was just going to cop dope and I was just at the point I just wanted to kill myself. And he goes, Stevie does this rap on saving your Lena. And he goes, I was literally kind of saying, you know, Jesus, God, is this what my life has come to? Can you just show me a sign? So I play this song and Stevie does his minute and a half rap, whatever it is. And I come on after it. And I said, you know, I said, I always get asked what that is. And, you know, this, this is the song. This is where you can find it. And I said, you know, I think it's really important that monologue that Stevie does in the middle of that song. I said, because I have addiction in my family, mm-hmm. in my direct family, heroin. And I know firsthand, not personally for me doing it, but by seeing it uh, many years ago and the, and the damage that it can do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, you know, look, if you are if you are stuck in addiction, you know, there's people that love you, just like Stevie says, and you got to reach out for help. Anyway, I, I think it was not necessarily what I said, but probably more what Stevie said. This guy turns off the road and drives to the nearest sober house. No way. Yeah. And does hardcore rehab for six months and wrote (sighs) me and he goes, I wanted to let you know that between what Steve Ray Vaughn said and you said and that song and driving to that sober house that I've now been sober for a little over six months. I haven't touched anything. I got my wife back. I got my kids back and I've been working for a couple of months. That is incredible. And I thought that, you know, and, and if you, I think if the, the listeners of the podcast take the time to search this on YouTube or find it, I think you could probably find it on the, maybe the music services. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The 13-minute version of the song, and it's, it's just the guitar is just outer space. It's typical Stevie Ray Vaughan. But then you'll understand what I'm talking about when you hear this little rap that Stevie does, and it's just really cool. So for some reason, that song, you know, Life Without You, that you know, popped into my head. You said, pick out a song, and I just recently listened to it. So sorry for the long story, but I thought no, that no. had a pretty cool, happy ending. Fantastic ending. That's awesome. It's a great story. What else have you got for me, brother? I was listening to this song in the car the other day. It's a song by John Mayer, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called In Repair. Okay. 
And I think that's really, you know, again, it's not necessarily, certainly not. I mean, it came out in this album called Continuum. Um, so that would have been about 2006, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not necessarily about political stuff as far as I know. But, you know, we're all, we're all in repair, you know, in a, in, a, in a lot of different ways. You know, and the country that I live in especially is, mm-hmm. is really in repair. You know, we got a long way to go. We are a wounded bird. You know, New York City, you know, especially, but the country as a whole. Yeah. You know, it's 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 in repair and I, i've just always found the song a very cool sound the song um you know what he did is there's a, there's a favorite recording studio that john has uh in new york city so what he did is he brought uh steve jordan who you know the famous drummer yeah. and charlie and charlie hunter as well and they went into the studio and decided to write a song that day so it wasn't like they had a bunch of components and you know here's the chorus and let's put this all together they literally sat down i think john might have had a little bit of a riff that he was a tiny riff he was working on and they constructed the song and i think you can find that on youtube as well if you put it in repair 24 hours or something so it was a day thing and it's just there's a couple of different versions of it there's an unplugged version of it and then there's the studio version and both are are, are really really terrific so the title of that came into mind you know when i i think about mayor I've never considered myself the hippest person in the world because I'm just not up on, you know, the Instagram and Twitters in the world, although I do kind of check that stuff out. But sayings and, and, and that sort of thing. And, I, and the best way I can describe what I'm talking about here is I, I went backstage to meet John Mayer. There's a, a friend of mine, um, close pal, his name is Keith Carlock. Mm-hmm. And Keith is a drummer for Steely Dan. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, he's an amazing drummer. So yeah. Keith is touring with John Mayer um, that summer. He does Steely Dan, you're off. So Mayer said, you want to tour? And Keith is like, sure. So we went to see John Mayer. We went backstage, and there's only like four or five of us, and there's like an outdoor picnic area. And then John comes out, and he's he, for some reason, he starts yelling, who wants a picture? Who wants a picture? And they were just kind of looking at like, what the fuck is going on here? I just started laughing. So he came over and, and I said to him, uh, generally you want to break the ice, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I said to him, I said, yeah, I said, I, I hear that you're into something I'm into. And he goes, what's that? And I said, Krav Maga, which is a, an Israeli, Israeli martial art, you know, form of self-defense. And he's, he's really into it. And I was really into it at the time as well. So we started talking for, for quite some time and, and quickly, uh, much to the annoyance of my wife and her girlfriend that was visiting <laughs> from California, um, yeah, I mean, you know me as well as anybody, Brent. Like, people can't oh, already tell I know. talk the pain off a wall. <laughs> so anyway, Mare and I, we started just, we hit it off. It was just one of those situations where you just hit it off with somebody. We're talking, blah, 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 crime and how to properly do a rear naked choke. Blah. And he goes, have you read the book called On Killing? I said, no, I haven't read On Killing. Oh, you got to read On Killing. And meanwhile, the other six people that were, you know, kind of looking forward to having a chat and at least being involved in the conversation, you know, are sitting there with their thumb up their ass, you know, and then finally I turn around, Debbie is just glaring at me. And she said to me, it was the first time I've ever heard the expression bromance. I'd never heard that before. She goes, look, you know, whenever you guys are decided to finish your bromance, um, you know, we're over here too. Uh, So he just started laughing. So I learned to, I learned the new the new term bromance, bromance. From, uh, from John Mayer, and he was he was a very pleasant guy. But I I highly recommend anybody that's not familiar with uh with In Repair to try both the uh, the studio and the acoustic versions are lovely. Nice. <laughs> what else you got? This will be brief, I promise. And, uh, and it just popped in my head. You know, both you and I uh, grew up um, listening to a lot of Judas Priest. Yes. Uh, you know, and I was a big metalhead. I still am. You know, love Priest. As a matter of fact, it was 
during a previous show, I guess your listeners, if they really wanted to hear a pretty funny story that involves Sebastian Bach of Skid Row and Rob Halford <laughs> and Judas Priest, uh, then by all means, it's kind of well worth your time. It's one of my favorite rock and roll stories I've ever experienced. But there's there's a song, there's there's one of their albums that were, was a big influence on me was um, the live album called Un- uh, Unleashed in the East. Mm. Um, I've always loved it. Great album to work out to. Uh, just really pure live recordings, which I really like because there's nothing terribly polished about it, you know. Uh, but there's a song called Tyrant. Mm. And uh, I was listening to that the other day. And, you know, and I was trying to think of song titles, you know, when you say, hey, you know, come on up, just hang out and do the show, uh, do the podcast. And maybe we'll, you know, we'll touch a bit on, you know, what's going on lately, you know, not necessarily politics, but just the world environment as is. Mm-hmm. And that song popped into my head. And there's, there's, Especially the one of the things that I think are very interesting at the end of that song, the final the, you know separate set of lyrics before he kind of goes into you know what he repeats with the title. You know the lyrics are there's only four lines here. You know my allegiance faithful unto death, I'll summon to my court. As you perish, each of you shall scream as you are sought. And it just made me think of you know these lunatics you know that invaded the capital. Yeah. You know, I, I think anybody can get political there, yeah. you know, and they really they they should have got their ass kicked because those people are just out of their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just thought, you know, that that line, you know, that, you know, my allegiance faithful until death, I'll summon to my court. It's just kind of like, wow, you know, that's that's kind of, you know, what went down there. And yeah. you know, like, tyrants are really great, riffy Judas Priest song, you know, if, if you like priests. And I'm, I've always had a soft spot for Halford, you know, when I hosted Metal Shop for all those years. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody said to me, you know, who's top three or top five, uh, he would always be top three. You know, him, Ronnie James Dio would yeah. always be kind of like the top two. As for very, very intelligent, incredibly well-spoken guys, you know, about any sort of variety of subjects. So I love hearing that, you know. I, I actually saw our friend uh, Johnny French from Twisted Sister has mm-hmm. got a podcast now. He hosted Halford a little while ago. Halford's got a new book out, by the way. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just seems like the nicest guy. You know how Phil Collin is the nicest yeah. guy, right? Yeah. Halford's up there. Halford's up there with him, I think. He, the, you know him personally, but I just yeah, thought, Jesus well. Christ. Yeah, quite well. I mean, I've interviewed Rob, Jesus, I don't know how many times. I mean, I haven't seen him in quite some time. But, oh, yeah, he is just, he's a lovely guy. I mean, just really nice just genuine, just kind of like Phil, like, yeah, okay, yeah, I know I'm Phil calling a Def Leppard, but that's mm-hmm. who cares, you know, let's just kind of hang out. And, and Halford was very much the same way. We would have these fascinating interviews and conversations. You know, I mm-hmm. think he really enjoyed coming on the show. Uh, I can't speak for him, but I really think he did. You know, we just, we really had fun chatting because he knew he could speak about any number of things. I mean, obviously we'd be promoting a new album, you know, painkiller or whatever, you know, okay, let's, you know, let's talk about the new album. It's obviously got a new sound, blah, blah, blah. But then mm-hmm. we'd start meandering off into all this sort of shit, you know, which was, which was really, really fun. And just, you know, somebody who's so eloquent in the way they speak. I mean, Ronnie James Dio was very similar. And mm-hmm. another person that was similar that comes to mind when I think about hundreds of interviews I did over the metal shop years, uh, it was Anthony Kiedis. Uh, chili peppers i mean the guy walked in i mean he looked like the biggest goddamn lunatic you've ever laid your eyes on i mean Mm -hmm. he's got this mohawk head to toe of tats camouflaged cargo shorts tank top doc martens you know and he walks in and i hadn't met him before this is the first time i interviewed him and i'm just i remember thinking to myself oh man where is this gonna go you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jesus Christ! 
<laughs> yeah, I got Mungo walking into the recording studio. And he turned out to be an absolutely fascinating guy. And, you know, and, and speaking of books, uh, I've been meaning to read the Halford book, too. Uh, the Akita's the book that, that has been released for quite some time now called Scar Tissue is terrific. It's really good. It's, it's remarkable that this guy is still alive, first of all. Mm. Yeah, Halford, anybody that says a bad word about Rob Halford has got their head up their ass because the guy is just a terrific person. I've, I've just always had the time, you know, all the time in the world of touching upon that story you know, we were talking about with Sebastian, which I won't get into. But, yeah. you know, it was the biggest unkept secret forever, you know, that, that Halford was gay. I mean, everybody yeah. in the music business knew it, but the vast majority of fans didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a guy dressed head to toe in leather and driving a Harley. You know, you would think, somebody writing tunes like grinder you know mm-hmm. there might be a little bit of a hint going on there um yes. i just thought it was funny when you had all these homophobic dickheads that would probably you know liberally use the word faggot and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff and calling somebody down you know and here they are <laughs> worshiping alfred yeah. you know and rob is as gay as they come i just thought it was the funniest thing you know because a lot of these metalheads out there you know a lot of them were probably very homophobic Oh yeah, they, they they just didn't know until finally, of course, I can't remember what year it was that Halford officially came out. But it was all kind of like, oh, okay, you know, can you pass the gravy? Like, you know, like we didn't all know that anyway. But I thought that was interesting. I'm sure there were a lot of very uncomfortable moments for a lot of people. Oh sure. I personally, as a metal fan and a big Judas Priest fan, quite honestly, I had no idea. I didn't know. You know, it was all there for me to see, though. The bondage outfits, the camp, like all of it. I didn't I didn't pick up on it. I mean, I was like 15, 16 years old, small town kid. But mm. um, And I wrote a little bit about that in No Sleep Till Sudbury, that it was these dualistic forces, right? Heavy metal is like this testosterone. Machismo you know. sort of. Yeah. yeah. Right. But then, you know, the lead singer and the metal god the king yeah, I mean, that's, of, that's of the, the metal thing. singers you know, he's, he's he's the metal god you know there's the, i don't think there's a, a band really that personifies pure heavy metal and all that is about more so than priest i really totally don't. agree yeah you know with the, with the music and the riffs and the leather and the studs and and and, the, and the, you know the high-pitched singing and part of it you know yeah. i mean they, i mean they, they they cover everything and look i didn't know until you know i said i think i got into the radio business and I love Priest growing up. I mean, Screaming for Vengeance was a huge oh, album of my, of my childhood. Me too. Uh, I mean, they, that is, and of course, that wasn't the kind of thing they were talking about, Hip Parader. You know, no, there was, no, you know no. nobody knew. But, you know, as soon as I got in the, in the radio business, the first time I went backstage with Priest, I was probably, I don't know, 19 or something. Somebody said, well, you know, Rob's going to love you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's funny. What are you talking about? They're like, oh, he's gay. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, no, I'm, I'm not. But uh, I'm looking forward to meeting him. <laughs> Well, yeah. He's been a big fan, <laughs> you know, and he was he was he was just as pleasant, you know. I mean, all those oh years yeah, ago. no, he he just seems like a super likable person. I'd love to meet him one day for sure. All right, well, you know, I, I'm sure I can arrange that, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll get it sorted out so you can you can knock that off your list. And that'll be that'll be time well spent. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they're on tour this summer. I know they were planning on it at one point, so let's see what happens. I was texting Jeremy White the other day. I told him I call you the Robin Hood of rock and roll. Oh, and making connections and so on. Well, you know, look, if, if you can do it, why not? Of course. You know what I mean, if you got the if you got the ability to do it with your with your friends and you know e- even strangers. Yeah. I mean, there's been many times where for some reason there's another couple of passes. You know, you look around you and you see two hardcore fans. You know, with Def Leppard or whatever, which we did. I think we did that in Tokyo, my brother and I. Generally, the bands are you know I, I can't remember any band that I haven't 
that I've done that with. And there's been quite a number of them, but they've been giving me a hard time about it at all. They've all they've all found it kind of mildly amusing. Yeah. Like, okay, who are these folks? I just met them about ten minutes ago. There was four <laughs> passes in the pack. I only needed two. I'm not going to waste them. Those are life enriching experiences. Seriously. I've known you to do that. I've seen you do that. So, um, you know, that's an incredible thing. And people appreciate it. That's, that's for good. sure. It's good. It's good fun. It really is. And anyway, those are pretty much my songs. And the only song I had, which doesn't really have, you know, it was When I'm President by Extreme. Ah, uh, yes. Mm, you know, President Gas from Psychedelic Furs, When I'm President from Extreme. I've always been a big Extreme fan. And that's really, that's a really a, a fun song that has all the really great aspects of the extreme sound, you know, the, the heavy riffy kind of stuff. And then Pat Badger's kind of Michael Anthony background vocals, the very high pitch kind of vocals, but you know, it's, yes. it's a fun song. So if you haven't visited porno graffiti in a while, then, you know, and, and you're an extreme fan, it's, 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 it's worth your time. There's a lot of really, really great songs on it. And what I'm president is, is, is a pretty cool song. It's a very kind of fun, upbeat, catchy song. It's very rappy, you know, which yeah. Extreme did do a ton of. So very funk laden. I, I last time I heard that, I think it was like nineteen ninety two or three. And um mm-hmm. I played that bloody thing so much, man. I used to love that record. I totally forgot about it. Yeah. And then you know, three sides to every story I still think is one of the most underrated records in a really long time. You know, they're just an, an incredibly talented bunch of guys all of them and you know in, in their own way um i'm just so you know, surprised the band didn't get a little bit bigger to be honest with you but me too you know they were certainly big and they were gigantic in europe we went on tour in europe and they I mean, we did two sold out nights of wembley you know sold yeah. out you know so it just all depends from you know area to area some bands are just gigantic overseas and then i've seen you know bands come here um you know that were already big overseas and you know i'm seeing them in a club you know keen oh. i remember seeing i remember seeing coldplay yeah. They'd already broke over in Europe, and I saw them in a little tiny club here. That's a bizarre like, thing. Who, who, who's Coldplay? You know, although they got this new song called Yellow, and then all of a sudden Yellow kind of took off. And, oh yeah. You know, then they became these mega stars. But yeah, it just really all depends band to band. But yeah, Extreme's a band that's worth it to kind of go back and take a listen to now and again, and just really say, you know, these guys had a lot of good songs. You know? Yeah. Well, all right, man. Thank you so much for this. I haven't chatted with you. We text all the time, but we haven't spoken, so it was really yes, nice to have you yeah. on. Yeah, and I, I do like hearing the. Uh, I like hearing the human voice and and I'm really glad we had the chance, even though it's in this kind of forum, (laughs) Um, you know, um, but yes, yeah, definitely good to hear your voice and hi to everybody out there and, you know, in no sleep podcast land, whether you're in Canada or or the States. And I can say that, you know, for what it's worth is just let's all just hang in there and the sun is a coming. It's going to be a little while, but at least it's on the way, you know, that's right. Better days are coming. I know that for a fact, it's been a long time and Mm -hmm. it's going to get better. Got that right. Keep that attitude. Well, I'll be okay. All right, my brother. I'll send you a text later on. All right. All right. Sounds great. Please do. Have fun. All right. You too. All Take right, good buddy. care. Bye-bye. All right. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen, and my very special guest, and Pally from the Valley, Mr. Ian O'Malley. Till next time, folks. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon worldwide.